today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, what the American Hockey League could look like this coming season, and I'm joined by C. Morley to talk about the Mighty Ducks. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How's everyone doing on this fine Tuesday? You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade, and we're going to talk about the American Hockey League in a minute. But first, I want to remind you that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to rate, comment, please subscribe if you have not already. And also, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. And just a quick shout out to everyone that has been listening for the past nine months. I appreciate each and every one of you that have been tuning in and listening for the past nine months, despite the fact that the Ducks have not played in nine and a half months. So once again, I sincerely thank you all for your continued support, for continuing listening, and for continuing to comment. I greatly appreciate all of you guys. And I'll try to give a shout out whenever I can. So please be sure to comment and just leave me a note on Twitter or email and just let me know that you're enjoying the show. All right, so let's get right into a little bit of some news that some of which I've talked about, some of which I have not, and that is the American Hockey League. And there's a lot of rumors, not rumors, but there's some pretty strong indications as to what next season can look like. And this is coming from Patrick Williams, who does cover the American Hockey League. Uh, He's on the AHLB for NHL.com. He regularly covers the American Hockey League. In fact, he was here in SoCal earlier this year for the AHL All-Star Game here in Ontario. So he's not one to throw out random speculation. Some of this I have heard personally as well from some sources. So a lot of this can be taken not for fact per se, but these are pretty strong indications as to what this season could look like. And what he said on his tweet is, I can guarantee that I consider it to be reliable at the very least. So here's some points that he made as far as what the AHL could look like. Here is the first point, and it's a big one. The AHL is largely set up in geographic clusters. A few Eastern, the 401 teams, the U.S. Midwest or the Upper Midwest, etc. So there's really about three distinct clusters that I can think of. So you have the New England area, and there's a plethora of teams out there. You have Bridgeport, you have Hartford, all in Connecticut. You have Hershey, Lehigh Valley, and Wilkes-Barre in Pennsylvania. Then you also have Springfield and Providence, the P Bruins. The one outlier, or there's a bunch of outliers once you get to the north. Because then you have Cleveland, you have Rochester, Syracuse, Utica, and then you have Binghamton. Four New York teams and one in Ohio. Ohio might be the outlier here. But then you have teams in Canada. You have the Laval Rockets. You have the Belleville Senators. You have the Toronto Marlies. Is it possible that those three teams might be playing each other a lot this coming season? We don't know that. And then you have this upper Midwest cluster. And I have a feeling that there is going to be a team that might opt out. Because something else that he pointed out. Three or four teams in a cluster may be more or less willing to play, but another team might not be able to make it work. That is a potential obstacle. 
uh, the biggest obstacle is going to be for the outlier teams. And there's a few. Texas, you have the Texas Stars. There is no other team around them. At least when they had the San Antonio Rampage, they can kind of make it work. But because they're all by themselves, there's no one in a neighboring state. Texas is bordered by four states, none of which have an AHL team. The closest team to them is about 700 miles away, which is Colorado. And that could be an outlier as well. So I don't know. I, I'm i not sure that Texas is going to play. The only reason they might play is because they are in a state that will allow a lot of fans. That's the only reason they would play because, once again, the American Hockey League is still a gate-driven league. Almost as reliant as the ECHL, but still not quite there. Some teams do have a TV contract, so that might help some teams. And also, there is another big outlier in that Atlantic division. The Charlotte Checkers. There's no one neighboring around them or even close to them. They could opt out in the season. So, something else that he pointed out. You can imagine the domino effect that could ensue in a situation like that. You need at least some critical mass of teams in a cluster to make a season possible. Uh, What he means by that is they could go the route of the NHL. The NHL is having certain teams play each other for the entire season, and that is it. That's really it. California could have a plethora of restrictions. They might not play, and even if they do, you're not going to see every California team or even regional team playing. The one advantage that the Pacific Division has is the majority of teams are very close to each other, except for Colorado. So you would have Stockton, San Jose, San Diego, Ontario, Bakersfield. You have the Henderson Silver Knights. They're going to start playing this coming season. And the Tucson Roadrunners. Tucson is not a super long drive away. That is a doable trip. So you would have those seven teams, maybe five, because Bakersfield could go up north. Stockton could go up north. They could play in Calgary and Edmonton. But again, we still don't know how that exactly is going to work. So honestly, I could see maybe three or four clusters playing with each other and then just those clusters and that's it. And doing something similar to the National Hockey League where you have divisional playoffs and then you have those teams playing each other in a modified playoff, and then one versus four, two versus three, etc. That could potentially work this coming season. Um, something else that he said on this thread, nothing that I include here is necessarily a deal breaker, but as the NHL had to sort through these issues, these are just issues that have to be sorted through in the American Hockey League, because that's really what's happening in this pandemic-driven world. Something else to consider. This is on the table playing in their practice facilities without fans playing in a practice facility could be more financially practical. And I can tell you that I have heard this personally. There is a lot of truth to this. Ontario, they practice out at Toyota sports center. The goals they've practiced at great park ice two fine, fine facilities. They're good. Toyota sports center is a good facility. Great park ice is a fantastic new facility. I wouldn't mind if 
the goals ended up playing their games in Irvine, it would make the most sense. They wouldn't have to rent out the arena. One. Two, they do have some capabilities for a TV audience. They do have a press box there. They do have a camera set up there. They do have an overhead scoreboard. So all of that could work. Three, they do have the locker room facilities and they have the space in order to do that. So this would be practical if there's going to be no fans. Play at Great Park Ice. What's the difference between playing at the sports arena and playing in Irvine? It doesn't make a humongous difference except for maybe some TV deals because don't forget, San Diego is one of those teams that does have a TV rights deal. They have the deal with Fox 5. That's extremely possible and probably likely that they're going to show a lot of their games on Fox 5 because, well, football's going to be done, so we're not going to have football being a distraction. It's not like San Diego's going to show any baseball until May because they're still they're still a ways away from playing baseball, but that's a whole other can of worms right there. No basketball. So what's left? The San Diego goals. When they made that TV deal at first, they struck gold because they made that TV deal as soon as the Chargers left San Diego to go up to LA. Okay, whatever. But San Diego was smart. The goals were very smart in bringing in all those fans, which attributes to their amazing fan base in San Diego. I see you guys down there. You guys are an awesome fan base. You'll follow your team anywhere. And I know you guys will be watching on Fox 5 when they play those games. So about TV cameras and such, you know, what teams would need from that standpoint is going to be somewhat difficult for some teams, but not for others. I've mentioned the rain. I've mentioned the goals. Same thing with San Jose. They have the SAP Center. They could show those games on TV easily. That's if they're allowed to play at SAP Center. That still remains to be seen. Tucson. They have a pretty good arena set up right there, but Arizona can allow fans. But something else to consider that I don't think Patrick Williams brought up, but I'm going to bring it up. Half the teams have a TV deal. Rockford has their deal with, uh, I think, one of the independent networks. A couple of those teams have a WB channel. Toronto has the Maple Leafs network. Cleveland has um, STO, Sports Time Ohio. So a lot of those teams have deals. And they can easily get some kind of at least minimal revenue from that. And it was also rumored that the rain games could be played on Fox Sports. Some of them. So that's a possibility as well. And probably a reason why you could see some games played at the Ponda. Or some games at Staples Center. That is also not off the table. But I think more realistically, expect to see some games at the practice facilities for the SoCal teams. So that's where we are. Wilkes-Barre, they have a fantastic practice rink. So that's another team that could just do that. I think that'd be cool to have games at Great Park Ice. That'd be cool to see that get some playtime. The other, other big, big thing before we head into the intermission. uh, One risk is bringing a guy back, having him quarantine, and then running the risk of the AHL season getting shut down. If he's in a good situation in Europe, in Europe, 
he might be better off just leaving well alone and remaining to play in Europe. So there is also that possibility. We are going to head into the first intermission, and that was a long segment, kind of longer than I wanted to admit. And let's talk about Built Go, the best energy gel on the market. They can get you over that hump and help you climb that mountain. They come in three fantastic flavors, including my favorite, chocolate mint. They are packed with protein, only 90 calories, no little caffeine. So honestly, this energy gel is really, really good. It helped me get over the hump, get to the top of the Takwitz Peak. It also helped me get to the top of Mount Baldy not long ago. It's a fantastic energy gel, and you all should try it. Filled with beta alanine as well. So it really helps your skin. It helps keep you healthy without that five-hour energy crash. So head on over to builtgo.com. Enter promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order of Built Go. Let's go. And we're going to head into the first intermission, and I'll be joined by C. Morley from Anaheim Calling. Stay locked in, folks. The hills are alive with the sound of hockey. I don't know where that came from, but welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of Tloppin. I'm still joined by C. Morley. Say hi to the fine folks, C. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, anyone you want to shout out to really quickly? Um. Oh, geez. Uh, I, 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 you put me on the spot here. I'm not prepared. Um. <laughs> Uh, hi to the Lockdown Sharks boys because I miss you and I love you. <laughs> content boys, that's what's up. Yes, we love the content boys. Yep. And we, we mentioned her. You want to shout out to Sarah as well? Oh, yes, obviously. Sarah Avampato of Lockdown Kings. Amazing. I miss her. <laughs> yep. And I segued into that because Sarah's going to be on the podcast next week. And we're going to talk about a couple of topics that uh, we've been wanting to talk about on our podcasts. So, yeah, definitely make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and stay tuned for that. Ooh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So, the real reason <laughs> the real reason why I had you come on is because I know you have an affinity for 90s Disney films. Oh, yes. And one in particular that we both loved is the Mighty Ducks film franchise. Yes. Last it was- week they came out with the trailer for the Mighty Ducks series, Game Breakers. That looks awesome. And you wrote an article about this recently. Yes. Uh, well, I just kind of pulled out my five favorite moments from it. Um, but I, I'm a huge Mighty Ducks fan. Like, that is... I didn't follow the NHL growing up. I grew up in a family of Red Wings fans, um, but I didn't really follow it. We went to mostly ECHL games. So, like, um, I enjoyed hockey, but it wasn't something I really followed. Um, but the the Mighty Ducks movies were the coolest, first of all. <laughs> like, they had all of the 90s, like, NHL gear that was in the movies. Like, they had, you know, the... The starter I, gear. Yes, that's it. like 
in my head, I can see the Flyers shirt that one of the kids is wearing. Like, oh, in my brain. Yes, like, I, it, it's just, like, right there. And, like, that's, the 90s were, like, peak NHL, like, chaos style. <laughs> but, I mean, that was the 90s in general. We all wore neon, and, like, <laughs> and that was cool. So, like, it's just, it's so iconic. And, like, I love those movies. They're so nonsensical, but, like, they had, you know, all of these kids that were acting like kids and talking like kids. And, like, uh, you know, it started... Like in my neighborhood, we started playing street hockey because of the Mighty Ducks. Yep. Like, <laughs> you know, that was just the impact. Of that those was films. the thing to do back then was just to strap on some rollerblades and play some street hockey. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, hockey in Michigan, Michigan is kind of like little Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like it's still it made street hockey, I think have this kind of resurgence um and yeah we definitely we played a lot of street hockey and tried to do the flying v uh could not <laughs> could not make that work it uh, turns once. out that, that uh the flying v and the knuckle puck those are not like good hockey strategies <laughs> especially when you're playing out. roller hockey with yeah. the ball instead of a puck then the knuckle puck doesn't work um because oh, there are street hockey pucks there are yeah. street hockey pucks they exist because I was in Southern California, there was one thing that we grew up with that was popular for maybe a year or two. Beach hockey. Beach hockey? What is you beach hockey? You don't... Okay. So maybe because I'm in California, I remember this. We don't have beaches. I mean, we do, yeah. but it's it's Lake Michigan, so it's nothing. <laughs> so they used to show this on ESPN2 during the hockey offseason, back when ESPN used to show NHL. And they used to promote it towards the end of the season or towards the end of the playoffs when they had the games on ESPN and whatnot, they would mention pro beach hockey. I'm like, what the hell is this? I got to look this up. So on ESPN, ESPN2, they would show beach hockey during the offseason on these basketball courts, but they had, like, ramps behind the nets. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they had, like, a, a in basketball three-point line, they had a two-point line. So if you shot it from a distance and it went and it was worth two points at a one, it was, again, peak chaos. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> and I remember this also because the first year of beach hockey was around the same time that D3, the Mighty Ducks, came out. Of so that was peak popularity for outdoors hockey here in Southern California. You had D3 come out. You had beach hockey. You had both the Kings and the Ducks were there by then. And you had a very popular couple players on the Ducks that kids were emulating, Tamu Solani, but everybody wanted to be Paul Korea. Of course. Everybody of course. wanted to be Paul Korea. How could you not? <laughs> uh, I love it. That's amazing. But, I'm going to have to look this up. Beach hockey. Oh, my God. But I, was, I was more. Awoken something in me. <laughs> <laughs> I have that effect. It's because we have different experiences living in California as a hockey fan than you would in the East Coast or in the Upper Midwest as a hockey fan. Right. Only in California would they think hockey but on the beach. <laughs> it was awesome. I don't care what anyone says. I thought it was fun. No, I love it. I love it. I wish uh, it was still around in a sense. So going back, back to the film. Hey, you had those... Uh, street hockey scenes in D2 the Mighty Ducks when they were out for the Goodwill games and those were fun to watch you had you know the incomparable Keenan Thompson playing street hockey 
with his knuckle so puck good. out there. So good. And you had those kind of scenes that really brought kids in. So now you have this new series with this whole new generation of fans going, oh, so this is just a hockey thing. I think there might be some youth that don't understand this is a reboot from two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. We're old. <laughs> no, we're oh, cultured. No. We're cultured. Yes, yes. I don't obviously. like to use the word old because we're not that old. We're, well, we're in our like 30s. Well, like they say in the trailer, these are not the ducks of the 90s. <laughs> we're, we're in our 30s. I'm, you know, just we're not that old. <laughs> We're seasoned. Yes, seasoned. Like that a lot. There are uh, NHL players that are active that are older than us. Therefore, <laughs> anyway, there was one thing that I loved about this trailer for the Mighty Ducks reboot. Uh, the new jerseys, I think, yes. are fantastic. I think if Disney still owned the Ducks and they had a rebranding of their jersey, this would be it. Yes. So something that because uh, <laughs> here's the thing they are kind of a like homage I think to the original Mighty Ducks um, you've got the the eggplant and teal color scheme you've got a duck head logo with the crossed hockey sticks behind it um, but here's my question is that the Mighty Ducks films are the reason that the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim exist so yep. then if the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim <laughs> existed in the Mighty Ducks universe. Why? (laughs) (laughs) It's so confusing. It brings up so many questions. So if those jerseys are an homage to the Mighty Ducks in universe, (laughs) because that's what youth teams tend to do is they, um, there are a lot of teams, especially that I've noticed rip off like the Blackhawks, the Bruins, a lot of your original six teams, you see youth teams that kind of, just take their color scheme and then change the B from the Bruins into whatever their city is, or you know. So like, shout out to the Ontario Moose. <laughs> yeah. So like, what does that mean for the Ducks in this universe? I am very confused. <laughs> we're it, just gonna do some hand wavy. No, they they were never owned by Disney. <laughs> it means they've grown in popularity so much that the Mighty Ducks have now become the Hawks in a sense. Yes. <laughs> We're heading to the second intermission of today's program, but a reminder that betonline.ag is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you enter promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, your exclusive online sportsbook for the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. And coming up after the intermission, more with C. Morley on the other side. Stay locked in. It's going to be confusing that they're not going to be the underdogs. And in fact, they might be the antagonist in this series. Yes, it's a little little bit of a switch. Mighty Ducks are kind of the bad guys now. But no, like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say bad guys. I'm using the word antagonist, not bad guys. <laughs> of course, we can never imply that the Ducks are the bad guys. No. Um, <laughs> which also, I've been re-watching the, the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus, it's y'all. So bad. It's so bad. 
I'm sorry. It makes no sense at all. Yep. But I, I will use a I'll use a better word. Adversary. Yes, yes. It does seem like, you know, the the mighty ducks are not the scrappy team that comes together. And in fact, we are getting a team that comes together because of the mighty ducks being exclusionary and um i love that i love that it it feels like a good modern take like obviously the ducks were this dynasty in the 90s (laughs) after you know so like it makes sense to me that you can't all of a sudden have the ducks be bad again like it, it i mean it kind of makes sense but like that became the team that everyone wanted to be on the mighty ducks were cool so like yeah they're going to attract all of the talent. Okay. So then where do you go from there? And um, I love the casting. I I love that Emilio Estevez is returning. I think that they did really well in modernizing it and making the story make sense as a yep. reboot. And I'm going to admit this once again. Um, I love Lauren Graham in that role. I love her. Um, oh, God. I love her so much. And I've, everything she touches is gold. I'll, I'll, ad- I'll admit this, but... I kind of liked watching the Gilmore Girls A Day in the Life. I was hooked on that. <laughs> oh, God. I, I grew up on Gilmore Girls. And, like, the funny thing is my brothers and I constantly, like, say that Lauren Graham and Gilmore Girls, it's like she's our mom. Like, it's, <laughs> like, my brother and I both are the Roy Gilmores <laughs> of our family. And uh, she was our mom. But I also loved her in parenthood. She is, yeah. she has so much depth. And literally everything she touches is gold. But, like, what I said in the article, too, is that, like, I said, whatever the opposite of Karen energy is, she has it. Because that's the thing. Like, when you're talking about sports parents, like, I was never really into sports growing up. I was a theater kid. But theater parents are, like, sports parents on crack. So, like... uh... So, imagine me being both. (laughs) Right. Where I was in theater and I was in sports. Can you imagine? (laughs) I'm so sorry. But, like, to have that character work, she has to she can't be the sports mom that's just like no you're gonna do whatever it is for my kid and blah blah blah. you know like that very angry kind of like pushing her kid into things you know you can't have that with this and she doesn't do she's not that kind of um character and i i really like um when she says like why can't kids just play sports for fun like i have friends whose kids are getting cut from hockey teams and it's like breaking their hearts because like the kid just wants to play yeah but like the teams are like no we have to compete and it's like where are the opportunities in this sport for kids to just play and i think that that's also just kind of a criticism of the sport in general that like there are so many barriers to entry that you have to be just fantastic at it and that's gonna you know, casual sports fans come from being casual sports players, too. Right. But I like, think that's youth sports in general is it's gotten so competitive. I mean, yeah, especially and, and out here in California, basketball's ultra competitive out here. So many kids don't even make the youth teams. It's ridiculous. I mean, I still have my basketball trophies um, from way back when. Shout out to the West Winds gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still have my sports trophies from way back when somewhere. Some, somewhere so, yeah. deep in a shed or a closet. But yeah, th- those were the fun of it. One line that I did like was her saying that, oh, you brought two coaches. No, one of them wasn't a coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a, what was it? Uh, uh, I think oh, I don't a therapist or something like that. A private trainer of some yeah. sort. But, uh... <laughs> that's, how, that's how far we've come in youth sports. Yes. Folks. And I think... Like, 
I think her character is very real. I think it's actually representing a lot of like what parents are feeling. And so I love that. I think that that's a great direction for the series to go. I'm really excited about it. Um, one other direction that I really liked was having Emilio come back, back to kind of his origins in a sense, because you got the sense that he took over um, Hans's shop and took mm-hmm. over that rink right there. So that's his. So I know it made my heart like, uh, <laughs> I was like, is he back? Is he back? I literally got chills. Like I knew he was going to be back, but it's still like when he comes out and like from behind the Zamboni, like as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, coach Bombay. I was like, <laughs> oh damn, this is it. This this is it right here. Yes. Oh. With that said, and- I'm hoping to see some really good cameos from past ducks. You know, let's yes. let's see the cake eater come back. Let's see Julie the cat come back. Those kind of players. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think. Oh, you know, it'd be a good. You know, it'd be a good twist. What if Gee Ge- and Connie have a kid, and their kid plays on one of the teams? Stop! Oh my god, <laughs> this is going into fan fiction type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus, we have ideas. <laughs> Get at us. <laughs> hey, uh, they, they tried to get together in D2, so sure. why not? I Yeah, I I hope that there are going to be some some more cameos in here for sure. Yeah, I, I know that uh, myself and a few others on this network, we talked about when this was even an idea last year. We said, what if you had maybe an international style and Team Iceland came back or something like that? Or which uh-huh. NHL players could make cameos. That yes. Sort of stuff. Yes, because the original Mighty Ducks, they had uh, Mike Madano. <laughs> Mike Madano from the Minnesota North Stars. That killer flow. Basil McRae. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, I would love to see current NHL players get involved with the, the series. That would be hilarious. Yeah. One, one more line and one more little thing from this two-minute preview that we got before we head off uh there was a particular line in there that made me laugh and also made me cringe at the same time was where one of the kids said that he couldn't be utilized because he has a podcaster's body (laughs) (laughs) now see i've been doing this for a year and a half i don't know if i would have as the youth would say a stereotypical podcaster's body I mean, I, I work out. I used to go to the gym. I climb mountains. I hike. I do marathons. Well, it's like that old phrase, you know, you've got the face for radio. <laughs> it's just... Hey, I have got a fantastic face for radio. <laughs> no, I loved that line. It literally made me laugh out loud. And the delivery of I would not be an asset physically. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so good. That kid. It was one of those things. At first, I laughed hysterically, and then I watched it. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Wait. Wait. As a podcaster, I should be offended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I loved it. I I loved this. So good. That kid, I. uh, I can't wait. I like. I the comedic timing, literally, of just that line. Like, he's gonna be so funny in this series. I can't wait. And it's due to come out at some point in 2021 on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, early 2021, I think. Yay, I so. cannot wait. But now it's going to leave me with a big decision. 
when it comes out, am I going to choose to watch the Ducks game from that evening or watch <laughs> the reboot? It's going to be a long night. <laughs> I hope it comes out on an off day. For my sake. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll go completely crazy. Well, we've been talking for a while. Uh, it's good to have you on again. It's been so long. Yes, I love coming on. Yeah. Your show's great. Aw, thanks. You're just saying that because you cover the Ducks. Well, I need to get in with Ducks fans somehow. <laughs> so for all the Ducks fans that are listening, appeal to the Ducks fans. Uh, what do you want to tell the Ducks fans about this coming season or anything else that you want to tell them? Oh, this coming season is going to be weird. So, like, just enjoy it. <laughs> like, do your best to just, like, I think we as hockey fans in general realize that like this 56 games of whatever it's going to be hybrid bubble hockey like don't try and take the season too seriously but if you want some analysis some place to meet other Ducks fans we are anaheimcalling.com and uh, I believe our Twitter handle is just at anaheimcalling so come check us out come you know talk about prospects with me because I'm very excited about world juniors I think the Ducks the Ducks have a pretty good future in place. It's just patience about getting there. They have a lot of youth, but a lot of high-end youth. Yes. That I cannot wait to see on the ice in a few months. Me too. Whether they're on the Ducks or the Gulls. <laughs> yeah, you get to double dip, so you're lucky. <laughs> hey, I'm lucky I get to go to Pachanga Arena. For my money, that's one of the best minor league arenas in all of hockey. Oh, I believe it. For the sole reason that they have a poutine stand in the building. <laughs> so the, Can't beat that. The guy is from Quebec, by the way. And he makes very authentic poutine. And I'm going to leave your mouth watering. But his specialty that he makes, and I was reluctant to try this for the longest time. Carne asada poutine. What? Yeah, that's Oh my thing. god, that sounds... Oh. It's carne asada with banana peppers and then you have the gravy the cheese curds the fries and then the really good cut fries too like it's so good well now i'm furious that i cannot go eat this right now (laughs) how do you think i feel i haven't been to pachanga arena in 10 months that's the last time i had that poutine i still think about it oh that sounds so good but i was also mad at myself for resisting to try it for so long because i'm such an og guy when you have poutine you have it just original style or even just like with bacon and that's it yeah oh that sounds so good i feel bad that i was reluctant but can't wait to have that poutine and watch some of these young guys hit the ice once again uh see thanks for coming on once again really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me and i'm gonna have you stick around till the end but you can hear uh this podcast which is locked on ducks if you're hearing this podcast now then you are awesome congratulations yeah um so if you want to subscribe hit the subscribe button and i'll give you a few seconds to go find the subscribe button you think they're doing it (laughs) did they find it um let's see yep oh there's one yeah all right woohoo someone found it all right so hit the subscribe button and also follow us on twitter you could follow c on twitter at now you see me right Yes, and that's S-I-E, spelled like my name. Yep, so now you (laughs) S-I-E-M-E. And you can follow my Twitter at StimpyJD, 
because who loves a great Nicktoon? And once again, the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. All right. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, that was C. Morley, and I'm Jason Hernandez saying be kind to everyone out there, stay safe, and ducks fly together. And C, since you're with me, I'm going to have you quack with me to end the show. Yes. Because we've been talking about Mighty Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. 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 quack.